Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of iCast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we play through the campaign of Tyranny of Dragons. My name is Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and we have... Melamara. Lance Thalen. And Philippe. Last we left our adventurers... They dealt with the aftermath of the attack on Greenest by picking up their supplies from the tavern, investigating the disappearance of Ardenia's father. They banded together to seek out the cultists' camp together. These ended up with Lance gaining a hidden magic ring in Ardenia's house, Mal gaining some fine booze, and Fleeple grabbing all of his wages for the past year that he had been neglected. Now, with the reward of 250 gold pieces in front of them, they headed to the southeast to seek and find the cultist camp, which is just a mere 12 hours away. So, with all of you on the road towards this camp, getting vague directions to the southeast of Greenest, you're all on foot. You know that it's maybe 12 hours, but you start your journey in the early to late afternoon, meaning you have to make camp at some point during this, this leg of the adventure, but how do you proceed forth? First off, I believe I've been wearing this ring for the appropriate amount of time to, to what is it called? Attune. What is it called? Attune to it. Yeah. So what magical features am I feeling? Yeah, so uh, spending a, an hour, which is all that's required to gain the magical properties or to understand what the magic item is, this is a ring of protection. Oh, a plus one ring of protection, which I believe is plus one to your AC. Dang. Yep. Well, that is freaking helpful. Well, I'm going to go save her father's life, so I feel like I need it. If he's alive. Great. So, I need someone to make a survival check for me, please. I'll go ahead and make that survival check with guidance. Yes, thank you, Fleeple. It's going to be a 15. Okay. Thomas, I will also make a survival check. Because somehow Lance is feeling very attuned to tracking. Okay. Sounds good. So, Lance, I will I will allow you to do a survival check after I describe the result of Fleeples here. So hold yes. off on that just for one second, okay? Of course. So, Fleeple, you being kind of the leader of this expedition, like if you were to think about it, whether Fleeple believes that or not, just really taking charge of the situation and after receiving the choker of the monk with the temp with the symbol of Bahamut on it and feeling this charge to find find these prisoners to learn more to seek this knowledge you feel very you feel fairly confident in your ability to track these cultists and sure enough it's pretty clear the mass exodus that happened from the city immediately but the, as the hours go on, it does seem to wane a little bit. And it does become harder, especially as the sun is starting to set. But being as diligent as you are, and the produced flame cantrip that you have to light the way occasionally, you feel that you are successfully on the track. So you do not lead your party to get lost in the woods, so to speak. But... That goes for a number of hours to the point where the sun is starting to set and where you are more than welcome to continue to push through or to try and bed down for the night. So if we want to stay and take a bit of a rest, I could turn into a mole and dig us a burrow for the night. Jonathan could come upon us while we're trying to sleep. Did we want to try and get there before the sun rises so we could do some recon... And be like sneaky, sneaky in the dark. Mm. Uh, do we have any sense of how far we might be from the caldera? Uh, yeah, with your 15 and just general knowledge, you would have an idea that I imagine you were going at a fairly normal pace, maybe, or uh, somewhat casual, if you will. And so you are just over halfway. But in the dark, it could be harder to track. It could not be harder to track to kind of follow that path. We'll just have to find out. Mm-hmm. Well, I think seeing the campfires and it might be easier to get there tonight, see what we can see in the dark and then maybe find a, 
a cave or you could burrow or whatever. And we could wait it out during the daytime because we don't want to go sneaking in during the day. So at this point, we've been traveling since what, mid-morning or so? Uh, late about like one after one in the afternoon is what I would say. Okay, so we've been traveling for maybe like seven, eight hours or so. Somewhere we're like halfway that. there. So by the time we get there, it'll be light. So we could rest and then take off tomorrow and get there when it's dark. I'm getting a little bit tired. Perhaps it would be good if we could bed down for the night, and maybe we can get an early go tomorrow. And then if we want to. Wait until it's dark after we get there. We can just play a bit of cribbage for a while, and next thing we know, we'll be ready to go and do some recon. Cribbage. Do you do you not know what cribbage is, Lance? Is that like a collabs game? No, it, it's a human game. You don't know what it is? I haven't played cribbage. Oh, we're in for a delight. All right, so Fleeple, you wanted to try and like bed down for the night. Try and find an area around here, is that right? Yeah, so my thought is if I turn into a giant badger and get my burrowing speed, I can dig us a little underground cavern and then we can, you know, put some leaves and whatnot over the entrance so we don't have to worry about people finding us. Great. If you will allow me, because I uh, mentioned that Lance could make a survival check as well, perhaps Lance can make a survival check around here to maybe find an ideal area to see how well hidden you can be from the main road. 22. Okay. So, Lance, as Fleeple's about to turn into a giant badger mole, you kind of touch the his shoulder for a moment, and you, you're looking around, and you're, like, right on the road. And so you motion for him and Mal to follow you, and Mal and Fleeple, after a good 10 minutes of stalking through the forest and just going seemingly nowhere just further and further into dense thicket uh lance you push back a branch and there's this natural clearing of just like a grove that is completely encased in with trees and then on one side there's like a massive boulder as well that is seems to have fallen there from something long long time ago and it it seems like this natural sort of like haven and the only way to get through it is through these thickets of trees. So um, you feel this is a pretty safe and secure spot if uh, you decide to stay here. This looks pretty good. <clears throat> I have no objection. All right. In response, I just poof into a giant badger and uh, start sniffing the spot which Lance has indicated, and I start digging. Okay. Sounds good. So do you have, like, a specific structure, or are you just trying to make it more hospitable or defensible i'm thinking you know uh if i'm turning into a giant badger i want it to be the kind of place where mr toad and his friends would be comfortable hanging out for a while a nice place where we could have some tea and crumpets and whatnot that i stole from uh that i stole from my boss on our way out of town (laughs) we're playing cribbage we got tea and crumpets (laughs) we're gonna become we're gonna become an opening scene of pride and prejudice (laughs) (laughs) so this nice big area and you're using your burrowing speed and your strength to maybe create an area by the boulder in particular that could help obscure you uh, to where you can have a nice fire um, and you dig a little bit into the boulder even and try try and move it around a little bit but you get some nice stones from under the ground that you've been able to find and um, you set them around as like places to lounge like a nice little table and so you have a nice little like quaint area and you've built even like a fireplace there. And I mean, it takes a while. It takes a while for you to do this, but you have a good hour, maybe two to complete this. So yeah, after a good hour and the sun is set behind and uh, Lance and Mal, you got a fire going. You feel pretty safe and snug in this little enclosure and it's not a cold night in particular. And the, there are, few clouds in the sky and with the moon being brightly lit it's pretty nice it's pretty nice uh location and you can forget about the mission for the time being and just somewhat join enjoy each other's company and then fleeple you pop out of your giant badger form i pull out the kettle and put it over the fire and start uh gathering some tea leaves from my pack and just put on a nice little kettle while we wait 
right. Only thing that's missing is some nice ambiance music in the background. Uh, if only we had a bard. We're not in the underground shelter right now, right? I mean, there is no underground shelter. It's just kind of a nice, a nice area in the open that's some, comfy. Some embankments put up to maybe shield us from casual observers. Correct. Yes. So yeah, you guys are just uh, the time is yours for the evening to bed down to. Have fun, play a game, do whatever you will. But if there's nothing that you wish to do during that time, we can fast forward to shifts. I imagine that you guys will be taking shifts in the night. Yeah. Okay. Shifts in the night. So, I forgot about this, but you can sleep in light armor with no penalty. But if you have medium armor, that's when you can start taking penalties if you start sleeping it at night. I don't believe anybody has medium armor, correct? I don't think any of us have armor, period. I have leather, but that's light. Well, Lance does, and I think Mal, I think you're the only one. I think Mal's the only one that technically doesn't have armor, right? Yeah, I don't have armor. Okay, sounds good. Fleeple, I thought Fleeple wasn't wearing any clothes. Do you have natural armor for being cobalt? Uh, well... Well, you Take really off your natural it. armor. Yeah, <laughs> I just okay. Zip up. I just zip down my cobalt uh, scales. Pull the pull the hood back. This is the magic of D anD. <laughs> He's not wearing anything, but he has an armor class. Hmm. <laughs> anyway, uh, so who's going to be first on watch? I'll take the first watch. Okay, Mal. Okay, and second. I will take second. Great, and third. That'll be me. Then now. Didn't know if anybody wanted to do two. <laughs> Jerry, what? <laughs> this fourth guy. Welcome, Greg. The whole time. Great. Okay. So with that, you can bed down for the night. And Mal, I need you to roll me a perception check. Sure will. Oh, uh, 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 um, 18. 18. Okay. So Mal. This is a nice enclosure, and for the most part, it does keep you pretty safe and secure. It makes you feel that nobody could creep up on you, especially with the prime location that Lance was able to find. It'd be very difficult for anybody to sneak up on you through the underbrush. You don't hear anything throughout the night, and you're awake for a good four hours. But as you look up in the sky and you're just thinking about the events for the past 24 hours, thinking about the bond that you've established, the promise that you've made, and the item that you've been presented. You look at the moon and you see something moving in it. As you focus in on it, it tricks you. It seems to be swirling about and moving into a face. And the only thing you can see is just this sneer, a familiar sneer. And followed by a familiar laugh as well. As you shake your head out of it, you look back and although the face has disappeared, you do see something on the moon. But it's not on the moon. The moon is just illuminating smoke coming from a fire not too far off. Uh, cautiously, I will stand. I'll look over at my teammates. Watch Lance snoring. Fleeple probably curled up by the fire under his fleece. Um, I'll do a, a quick one more look around just to make sure that we feel sufficiently hidden and that nothing's going to happen. And then race, race as quickly as I can toward that uh, smoke. Um, but being quiet about it. I want to, I don't want to stealth necessarily, but be cautious of. I'm not just going to run into a encampment. Okay. Sounds good. Go ahead and roll me a... Well, no. Hold on. Yeah, okay. So if you're not going to stealth, you get up and you make your way at a brisk pace, we'll say. Not just charging into danger, but briskly walking through the underbrush and walking to the direction. You actually leave the grove of trees. And following the faint wisps of smoke that you see, you orient yourself and you walk for five minutes and then another five minutes. 
And the smoke is coming closer. And in fact, you're starting to see the smoke in the distance and a little bit of a fire as well. I just imagine it showing Mal and then cutting back to Lance and Fleep. <laughs> Lance is laying down and Fleep was like just on his chest curled up. <laughs> as you breathe, he rises up with yep, you. Yeah, he rises up. <laughs> <laughs> and like as I like snore and then as I... <laughs> I'm imagining kind of like Hercules and Pegasus. Yeah, they're both babies. That's exactly yep, what it is. Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so Mal, you can see a fire in the distance. I was wondering how far it seems like. Like, is it within reason or like pretty far away? It seems to be. You have a pretty good vantage view, uh, vantage point, and it seems to be a good, maybe a half mile away. Okay, I'll keep going. Okay. As you walk towards the fire, there's somebody with you, and you look around. And as you look around, you see a shadowy figure step, not from the trees, just out of thin air and walk up beside you, a tall figure in a cloak. Someone that walks up right beside you and looks down at the fire and just... You're going after them alone. Do I know who this figure is by the voice? Oh, absolutely. Is Is it a them? Do you know who it is? I do, yes. Yes, I have been keeping my eyes out around these parts with the chaos that happened in that village. Who, Who is it? Who's at that fire? There's only one way to find out. Cautiously now that my cloaked friend is here, I will creep closer, being very aware of lookouts or sentries. I don't want to get to where I feel like I would be in danger, but I do want to get as close as I can feel like I can see what's going on. Okay, so it sounds like you'd like to stealth closer. Is that right? Yes. (laughs) I'll use every word except for stealth. (laughs) Let me me redo that. Thomas, I would like to stealth forward. Alright. Go ahead and roll me a stealth check. 14. 14. As you uh, cautiously walk forward, hunching down, this is somewhat of an open field. Not just like, oh, look, there's a person there in an open field, but there's not a huge swath of trees. There are some boulders that you can sort of like scurry up to and peek around, uh, even some underbrush. But your friend follows along with you, silent, no noise whatsoever. I've been wondering why you haven't used the gift I gave you. Uh, she'll ignore him. Perhaps you were not appreciative of the gifts that I give. Again, she'll ignore him and move to the next boulder. I can understand saving a weapon like yours to be used for the time's right. But you did promise me your rage. Um, this time she'll stop and look at him behind a boulder. We made a deal that I would use it when I deemed it necessary. And I will use it. And then she'll dart to the next one. Uh, he's already at the boulder that you dart to. And he goes, I can respect that. I am all about deals after all. But if you take too long, I just might have to go somewhere with my gifts and find another. Another who's willing to give in to their rage and use the gifts I give them. And at that last little bit, you see some fire flare from their their nostrils. Uh, she'll dart to the next one. As you dart to the next one, getting even closer, you are starting to pick out figures moving amongst the fire, and expecting a response from your friend, you turn around and they're gone. You feel that you have been left, and I will uh, allow you to roll a perception check now to see if you can pick out what is going on ahead. I don't want to get any closer. Be a good roll. 
Natural 19. Ooh, for a total of? 19. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty clear with how close you've gotten what is going on. There appear to be eight kobolds that are scurrying back and forth between between a fire and a, a boulder that they seem to be perched on. And around the fire, there seem to be four humanoid figures. One of them appears to be have some elven features and two of them are humans and the last one appears to be a half orc and as a kobold scurries closer to the fire the half orc grips onto their axe and yells at them and they scurry away and then they come back and go back and forth between this all the humanoid figures they have robes similar to what you've seen in greenest and they appear to be cooking some sort of meal over a fire and although you can't hear anything, you do make out that the tone and the posturing of the group seems to be quite perturbed, annoyed, displeased. So that's what you're able to glean from your distance. At the sight of the half-orc, Mal reaches underneath her cloak and g- grabs the hilt of the sword she has underneath her cloak and struggles to not draw it and she resheathes it and knowing who was with her and where she is and suddenly feeling very alone and exposed she decides to hightail it back to the clearing so stealth back to the trees and then run just full tilt back to the clearing great go and roll me a stealth check then or a sneaky check, as some might call it. A sneaky check. I'm 12 sneaky on a scale of 12 sneaky. sneaky. 12 sneaky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mal, dealing with these emotions and dealing with the internal struggle, you stand up a little brashly, and you stumble, and uh, you there's some obvious audible noises from your movement. And you quickly regain yourself, and you quickly dash away as quickly as you can without making a lot of noise and once you get to the trees you just bolt it back to the camp and you get back to the camp and the fire is a little bit dimmed now and Fleeple yep Fleeple and Lance are uh, curled up sleeping <laughs> do you wish to finish your watch? nope unceremoniously yeah. <laughs> she will shake them both away <laughs> Try and she unapologetically. <laughs> what? What? While on watch, look, and she'll point up to the sky where there. I assume we can still see the smoke along the moon. Yeah, it's it it's, it comes and goes, but you can see it for for sure. She'll point to the smoke and say, "There are four kobolds and four humanoid like people. One of them might be a half orc. I'm not totally sure. It was a little dark." About a half mile that way. It's amazing that you could tell their races from this far away. I was... Okay, I'll be real honest, guys. I went a little and I scouted. Um, You know, Lance, you would be really proud of me, okay? I did not get caught, I think. So, I'm proud that I stealthed. Anyway, they seemed really agitated and really perturbed, and they seemed really close to us, and so I didn't know, I thought maybe you guys want to know that that's, I don't know, I just, I was worried that maybe we should do something about it, or that we needed to watch out for them to come closer, maybe? I'm not totally sure. As long as they don't know where we are, I don't see a reason to bother them. Well, yeah, that's, um, yeah. We don't need to, I guess. I just wanted you guys to know in case something happened. I have to imagine that when Fleeple and Lance like woke up, Fleeple had used like Lance's scarf that he's wearing as like part of a pillow, just being curled up as such. So anyway, yeah. Sorry, I just I I it's been a while since I was with you you know, camped with people and so I thought maybe you'd want to Weren't you in a caravan where there's people? I didn't stay with... I didn't stay with them. I just... I walked the perimeter and took watches and... Anyway, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to... I mean, I didn't mean to wake you up. I I think you know what I mean. Anyway, um, 
who was second? Fleeple, if you want to... I am second. Sorry, Lance. But I, I have take... a few thoughts about this situation. If we've got kobolds... <laughs> if we've got kobolds and other unsavory types halfway between Greenest and the Caldera, either they're going towards Greenest hoping to attack, or they're going back to the Caldera. Either way... If they're going back to Greenest, we probably want to take them out. If they're going back to the Caldera, I think we just found ourselves some guides. So you're, so I did a good thing. You're saying that scouting was a good thing. It would have been nice if you would have woken us up before you did. But I didn't know if it was something important or not. So I just, I wanted to see. Then wake us up and come back and say, that wasn't important. <laughs> okay. Just saying. You always have to think before you get into something. If you would have got caught, Sleepwell and I would have been snoozing until daylight. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of that. Okay, I'm sorry. With regard to Sleepwell's suggestions, I feel that if they're going to Greenest, we don't know. And if they're going to the Caldera, we don't know that either. And if we just... The, the closer we are to their camp and the more we watch them, the more likely we might get caught. So I don't see a way to find that out until the morning, and then we go to their camp and see which way they headed off to. Either way, I'm getting my snout in whatever business they've got going on. I agree. I'm worried. What does, what does that mean? <laughs> it means I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do something about it. Not right elves now. Elves don't have don't that do kind of right phrase. Now. Why not? I They're don't just... have a snout. I'm an elf. <laughs> <laughs> and Fleeple's like, wait, you said there was a half-orc, a kobold, and an elf. And I look around at the three of us, and I'm like, you don't think. <laughs> it's dark, <laughs> I agree with Fleeple. I think that they're either I, great guides or that they're going to attack the town. And after we just spent two nights trying to protect the town... I feel like we probably should keep them from doing whatever they're trying to do. How many are there again? Uh, four and four is eight. I that I saw. I don't feel like eight are going to attack a town again. Then what if they're guides? We could use them. We could go camp closer, or we could use them as... We don't know where the camp is. We just know it's that way. I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I, I, I think we we could. We could do that, but it risks us being exposed and then we'd have to most likely kill them. And once we kill them, the camp will be like, hey, where'd those eight guys go? They're not back yet. Maybe someone's trying to come up on us and killed our advanced party. I'm just saying, I know I overthink things sometimes, but I, I feel like that's there's a lot gambling if we go over there. If we don't, we'll already know which way we're going. So, Lance Thalen, you stay up for the second watch. Of course, we're going to need to get our rest. You watch that pillar of smoke, and if it moves, you wake us up, and we go in with whatever we have blazing. Because guns don't you exist in this you. world. <laughs> with our torches you. blazing. You're the only one oh. who's blazed anyway. <laughs> and I... Uh, I lower my joint and I say, I don't know what you're talking about. Your joint? <laughs> you calming your nerves? Well, I'm just blazing over here. Don't it's, it's prescription. Me. It's prescription. As soon as he woke up from his sleep, just immediately. I'm proficient in the herbalism kit, and, you know, Bevan's got the good stuff. That's what this whole thing was, his little leaf covering. <laughs> That's he why the produce... <laughs> That's why I produced flame with his pinky. Oh my gosh. That's why he got it as a cantrip. Yep. Yeah. Never have to get his zippo again. Yeah, before we uh, turn this into a non-family friendly podcast. <laughs> okay. 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 So you said, okay, let me just, let me just, did you hear them talking at all? No, of course not. I didn't get that close. I'm not an idiot, Lance. Um... <laughs> Okay. That would have been a perfect moment to just have an arrow fly through one of your chests. Fuck <laughs> you, get him! Um, sorry. Maybe, maybe I could go and sneak, or a couple of us can. All of us. I don't know. I don't know anymore. 
Well, if you're so sneaky, do you want to go check it out and see if you can take, hear what they're I'll doing? I'll take second. I'll take second. You take, take second, second watch. watch. We'll hang out, and you can run back and tell us if something happened. You go no, scout. No, I'm just watching. I'm just watching. That's it. But isn't that what you told me to do? To scout and then come back, like wake you guys up and then scout and then come back and say if something happened? You're the sneaky one. Yeah, but if I disappear for a while, then you'll think I'm going to be dead. And I could be dead. I'm just going to take second watch. I'll watch the smoke, like Fleeple said. And I'll wake you up if anything changes. Okay. Good night. All right. As the first watch ends, Mal goes to bed and Fleeple curls up next to Mal. Lance, you take the second watch and you are intently focusing on the moon, but go ahead and roll me a perception check. That's not very good. Eleven. All right. You're a little unnerved with just the last 24 hours, really. I mean, truly. Your life was totally different 24 hours ago. You were on your own. You were... You did have help. An idiot bodyguard. Whatever his name was. But you were accomplishing your goal, accomplishing your mission, and really just not getting involved. And these two knuckleheads changed all of that and although you can see some of the smoke in the, on the moon occasionally it's hard to pick out like sometimes it goes 30 minutes before you see anything and so your mind starts to wander they start to wander about wh- wh- why you've been isolating yourself why you've been running and as you push those thoughts of your past aside you just try to focus on new thoughts new things that you've experienced since that time and you, you, you don't want to focus on who you were. You want to focus on who you are now. And you think about Ardenia and helping her. And the strange occurrence of right before Ardenia found you, of just the cacophony of noises and the cacophony of sounds overwhelming your mind. This is another reason why it's hard for you to pick out the smoke in the, um, in the silhouette of the moon, because... These noises, these voices, as you start to recall them, seem to be licking the your mind. They seem to be almost whispering things to you, and they're not nearly as intense as they were in Greenest. But there are occasional whispers. You could have sworn you heard someone muttering to themselves about tracking the wilderness, and thoughts that you had earlier today when you were finding this grove. Yourself, and you hear these other thoughts, some in a, even in a language that you don't even understand, which is even more odd and even more unnerving. But as you put them at bay and grip onto your yellow scarf to clear your mind at times when things seem like they might escalate, the smoke in the moon doesn't seem to be getting any closer. It does seem to be waning a little bit perhaps with a fire getting put out, but your watch goes uneventful for the night. Perturbed by this feeling of voices and weirdness, and then also seeing that waning of the fire, I will leave the camp and head toward the smoke. Yep, okay. (laughs) Uh, Stealthily? Yes, of course, always. Make a sneaky trudge around. Yeah, sneaky check. (laughs) (laughs) How many sneakies are you? Sneakies? I am 17 sneakies. Okay. Just so I recall, some of you have inspiration dice, right? I have, yes. They both do. Sounds good. With a 17, you go the direction that Mal had directed you towards. And you break forth from the grove of trees and you see the camp down about a half mile away. And without knowing it, you take pretty much the same exact path that Mal did from boulder to boulder, from um, bush to bush, and some parts going slow so the moonlight doesn't illuminate your, sh- your shadow or your silhouette. But the fire is a lot more dimmed, um, and most there are not a lot of figures moving down there. But you pretty much get to the same exact location that Mal uh, was at, and you see, indeed, four humanoid figures or at least you assume that they appear to be humanoid, um, as they are around the fire. One of them is stoking the fire. It seems to be a human. 
Um, but then a distance away from the fire, you see eight kobolds. And they all are just kind of like how Fleeple was sleeping next to Mal, just on top of each other, pushing each other in their sleep. <laughs> not not in a stack of an accordion. Of <laughs> it's like, like the, the Dr. Seuss book, The Turtle. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's just this pile of kobolds that are huddling next to each other for warmth or just rolling around in their sleep. And they just appear to not be moving. Doesn't appear that you are noticed at the moment, but there's one person that is awake currently. One person awake. Yes, the human. I will. I know. I did think about it. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna just like stay around for like 15 minutes ish, just to like see if anything happens in this camp. Still trying to be very sneaky and stealthy and hiding. Go and roll me a stealth check as you are changing how you are stealthing. 13. Okay. And go ahead and roll me a perception check. Oh, that's terrible. Five. Uh, you're not in a comfortable position. You There's not a lot of ground fruit that can cover your body, so you're almost on your stomach. And as you're adjusting yourself, you're trying to not cramp up it's really detracting you and um, these voices keep coming to you as well and so they're distracting you even more but with the little that you have been able to pay attention nothing seems to change in the camp there doesn't appear to be any sudden movements there doesn't appear to be any figures getting up and moving around so and how many human figures are in the camp there are four humanoids and then the eight cobalts. Okay. So matching up with mouse numbers. Yes. Well, mouse had four cobalts, but yeah. Reinforcements. <laughs> <laughs> um. Wait. Say those numbers again. So there are eight cobalts, but when you reported back to your group, you said you said four. Um. No, it's not smart. Gotta be smart. All right. I will. Sneak back. Okay. Go and roll me another stealth check. That's 18. Okay. Great. You get up, and from the uncomfortable position that you were in, it's easier for you to move now that you are getting out of that position. And so you feel that you were able to slowly move your body to where you get back to the grove of trees and you run or dash whatever you will back to your party members. I will wake up Fleeple. <laughs> Fleeple, Fleeple. Is it my uh, turn? turn. Oh. It's your turn. I stayed here the entire time, as should you. <laughs> Very good. And I will I will lay down when I'm suspicious of Fleeple so I'm going to act like I'm asleep. <laughs> when I think yeah. Lance is asleep, I'm going to try and sneakily like take his scarf and tuck him in with it. So I'm going to I'm going to see how many sneakies I am <laughs> with guidance as I'm not asleep. <laughs> well, first and foremost, Lance, go and roll me a deception check. No, I'm terrible at this. <laughs> Yeah, that's a non-natural one. Okay. Yes! Meaning, I rolled a two minus one. <laughs> ah, I'm sleeping. <laughs> yeah, quite literally, Lance is like, ha, oh, I'm dreaming. <laughs> sleeping, no worries. <laughs> is he distracted enough to not notice my 19 sneakies? <laughs> Yeah, so, Lance, you were so engrossed in trying to pretend to be asleep and really, like, <clears throat> okay, okay, if I am gonna, if I were to sleep, I, I'd be breathing like this and my side would be like this, but it's just not natural at all. And so, Fleeple, you clearly know, and Lance, your passive perception is not high enough to notice Fleeple sneaking over to you, so. I don't know him touching me, though. Yeah, soon, I mean, if he decides to touch you, yeah, of course. <laughs> I look down at Lance, and I look at his scarf, and I just kind of 
I just kind of think about this scarf, and I just kind of ponder to myself, there's got to be something underneath that scarf. Another time. And I, like, just melt back into the shadows. So you're like, your paw, your claw hovers over it, and, uh... <laughs> so you, your your claw hovers over this bright yellow scarf that's tightly wrapped around his neck that he wears. You slink back into the, not in the shadows, right next, just next to the fire. But before I do, I pull out an Andy's mint from the stuff I stole from Bevan and put it next to his head. <laughs> Cannon. Yep. Andy's mints and cribbage <laughs> exist in this world. All right, well, Fleep, we'll go and roll me a perception check then. Perception with guidance. It's not great. Uh, that's a brain. 16. So it's, it's decent. Okay, 16. Okay. Fleeple, as you're pondering upon really just the situation that you've been thrust into... Not terribly upset with the situation that you found yourself in. You've actually found a reasonable calling to assist Bahamut in purging the land of Tiamat's forces, and it seems to have fallen into your lap, and nothing in your life has ever happened that easily. You've had to fight tooth and nail to get to every single location you've been. Just the amount of brainwashing that had occurred in your youth that you had to train yourself out of was I mean it was a struggle every fight of the way and you feel now that you're finally being rewarded for your service for everything that you put in for that you've been putting forth all of your worship to Bahamut including your two companions here and just as your mind is thinking about something like this you hear some rustling in the forest before you and this rustle is more than just basic critter life You've been hearing that all night. This is very deliberate, and it appears to be... It sounds to be footsteps. Heavy footsteps. And they're trying to be uh, trying to be soft or quiet, but you're able to pick up on it. And they seem to be coming your direction. Alright. I uh, grab the pendant of Bahamut, say a quick prayer, Vethimolik Tulruks, and... I'm going to see if I can get just a glimpse of what's going on, uh, what might be making this noise. Okay. Go and roll me another perception check, then. All right. With guidance. Ooh, yeah, that's a 24. Okay. Now that you know that there's something in the trees, that there's something coming at you, you see the half-orc that was described earlier by Mal is just slowly stalking in the wooded area towards your location. Still a ways off, and it's only because your eyes are now honing in and using your dark vision. You see that they're moving from tree to tree and moving from location to location. And in fact, you see in most of the tree lying here three other individuals making their way towards you as well. All of them stealthier and quiet but coming closer. And one of them, the half-elf, holds its fist up, and they all stop, and then you see pointing to the one direction, and then the half-elf pointing to the other direction, and they start to split off, like they're going to try and surround your location. And uh, as I see this half-elf who's been giving these signals, I say another quick prayer. And I cast Moonbeam on the guy who was doing the hand signals. Let's roll initiative. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> I cast Moonbeam. <laughs> I cast Wait, do we roll initiative? Me and... Um, I make yes, a big old cacophony when I uh, cast this spell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's, roll, let's all roll initiative here. They really follow me? They did hear you. At 18 stealth? They rolled a natural 20 for the perception. Oh. Uh, Didn't have enough sneakies. Such a good thing that Lance stayed behind just like he said he did. <laughs> I I was like, I'm just going to roll. 
like I doubt that they'll see and then you're like oh not great 13 and I was like okay. wait so they saw me when I was laying down yeah they rolled a natural 20 on both uh, their perception checks so there was two of them yeah so they had two perception checks one when you got to the location and they were like perusing wow. and then got up to see what location like they were well, Nance is a little bit of a hypocrite sometimes so alright 20 to 25 15 to 20. 19. 17. And Lance, what did you get? Six. Okay. Okay. Great. All right. So, Fleeple, you cast Moonbeam on the half-elf that's giving orders. So, that is a constitution saving throw? Correct. 2d10 radiant. Well, that was a four that they rolled, so they failed. They take six radiant damage. As as you scream your incantation for this uh, this moonbeam, the scream is followed by this half elf screaming in the middle of the force as this gigantic moonbeam comes from the moon, the bright full moon above. Just and this half elf just just screaming in pain. Um, anything else you want to do on your turn? Let's see. Uh, I'm just going to go around to my friends and make sure that they're awake and ready. Okay. So you run over and just assure that your scream actually woke them up. Lance, Mal, they did wake you up. Yeah, I'm just I'm just like getting down into each of their faces and just screaming right in their faces. <laughs> I was sleeping, but now I'm awake. Okay, great. Mal, what's your dexterity modifier? My dexterity modifier is two. Oh, then you go first. Okay. Waking up. And being shouted in the face, sitting up and looking around at my surroundings. Yeah, Mal, you you stand you, you stand up using half your movement, and you get an idea of who who's out there, and you see being startled, especially with the illumination of the moonbeam. Four creatures, the humanoids that you saw earlier, to your essentially to the north of the battlefield you have a half orc the one being engulfed with the moonbeam directly below that half orc is the half elf and then the the two others are the human human figures that you saw um locking eyes immediately with that half orc recognizing that it's the same half orc that i saw before i'll let out a eldritch blast straight at them okay go ahead and roll no, 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 19 plus 3 is 20. 22, that's a hit. Go and roll damage, madam. Nine points of force damage. Boom. As you scream and you feel this surge just rip through your arm almost. It's painful. And it pushes out of your hand. This is the fastest Eldritch Blast that you've ever released. It just... So much so that it goes through this half-orc's chest. And as it goes through, it leaves a gaping hole, and the half-orc just immediately crumples to the ground, dead. Enraged by that, she will just let out a primal roar, just so angry that that was, that was all I got from that fight. Just a... And that's all she'll do. Okay. The half-elf begins their turn in the moonbeam. Do they get damage when they begin their turn as well? Let me confirm how this is working real quick. When a creature enters the spell for the first time or starts its turn there. Okay. So they have to make another constitution save? Yep. That is an 18 to save. That is a success, but I still rolled 18. Okay, so they're going to take half damage, and the moonbeam is so intense, it's so bright, that this creature, as they're trying to run out of the moonbeam, they're just screaming in agony, so much so that the their skin starts to blister and turn red, and then as it turns red, it turns bright white, and you see before you, Fleeple, this figure just starting from their head down, just evaporate, just and get engulfed in the beam of the moon. And you know what? As a free action, I'm gonna immolate it. Okay. That means all of you get the bless. 
spell, right? That is correct. Okay. So as the this creature is immolated, both Mal and Lance, you see the symbol of Bahamut light up with this mystic energy that seems to be pulled from the source of this deceased cultist, and you feel this surge of just help, effectively the blessed spell. Um, with that in mind, this... <laughs> the figure directly next to the half-elf, seeing it just literally disintegrated in front of it, turns around and just starts running, running back to the camp. And 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, just double movement as far away as they possibly can. And that's its turn. Lance, it is now your turn. But these two are, okay, these two are dead. All right, what I'm gonna do is, I'm going to run 30 feet towards the one who's fleeing. Great. So you spend your movement. And then I will bonus action dash to keep running. Okay. Well, I'm not going to get within, like, melee range of him. Correct. Well, I will have my short bow on them. So I'm going to take out my short bow and just aim as he's running and fire. Okay, go and roll an attack. I do not want this guy getting back to those eight stacked kobolds. <laughs> okay, that's good. That is a... Oh my gosh, where's my short bow? That is a 19 to hit. 19, that's a hit. Go and roll damage. Boom. All right. Not sneak attack at all. It's a short bow. Oh, come on. That's a one plus three is four. Or damage as you let loose your arrow, trying to stop them, hamper them in any way. It impacts this human and just, ugh, and they take the arrow in their side, but they're still running away from you. So not down yet. All right, it is this final human's turn and this human is scared out of their mind. So they are going to flee, not to where the other human ran. 10, 10, 20, 30, 10, 20, 30. They are heading eastward away from you and away from the camp, just trying to get out of Dodge, so to speak. And that is their entire turn. We'll go back to the top of the round, and Mal, it is your go. Nope. Fleeple, it is your go. Perfect. I'm going to use my action to move the moonbeam to chase after that other guy. He is within 60 feet of the original spot. He sure is. Okay, so that's a constitution saving throw for them. Yep. That's a 17. That's a success. I rolled 14. 14, so they take 7 damage. As they are just being seared alive with this this just intense divine light, the radiant damage is just enveloping them, and they are screaming for their life. You hear them screaming, Please! Please! I'll tell you! I'll tell you what you want to know! Please! And uh, I turn to Mal, and I'm like, I mean, that sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> Mel will turn to just look down at him and go, go get him. I'll drop concentration on the moonbeam then and just start sprinting, not super fast, but uh, as fast as I can uh, in that direction. You have 25 movement, right? Uh, I have 30, surprisingly enough. Oh, okay. Sounds good. And so okay. I'm... I'm running and I'm just yelling, Oh, that sounds good to us. Just stay right where you are. Okay. Great. Mal, it's your turn. Awesome. Um, seeing that Lance will probably take care of one guy and Fleep will take care of the other, and enraged by the fact that she didn't get a contest out of this half-orc, she will just walk up and stand over top of the half-orc um, across his body. Um, from underneath her cloak, she'll take out a a great sword, um, this long silvery blade with really intricate carvings all along it. She'll brandish it over her head and cut off his head. Mutilating the body. I, I didn't <laughs> expect that misanthropy would become such a strong uh, theme in this campaign. <laughs> well, you know, improv, you find the themes as you go along. Yeah, there's a lot of racial shame going on here. <laughs> Oh, man. She'll then... Mal will shake the blood from the blade, return it to its sheath, spit on the body, and then return back toward 
the rock, as I assume that the companion, our, her companions will return. All right. Mal, as you see the blood coated on the blade and you go to just shake it off, surprisingly, in one fluid motion, the blood just just slides to the tip of the sword and flings off of it very easily, like unusually easily. So, And yeah, shrug your shoulders and shove it back under your cloak. Lance. Nope. Other guy. My bad. Other human. He's going to run, uh, dash. He's going to run and then dash. So he's going to take 60 more feet uh, away from you, Lance. It is your turn as well. So you can try and catch up with him if you'd like. I am going to run because I can hear that other guy being like, what's up, my run? Yeah. <laughs> and Lance is very, Lance is very embarrassed that he knows that he gave up our position. Mm-hmm. So Lance is going to run where I can see the other guy. Okay. And I'm going to shoot him. Okay. 10, 20, 30, I feel like 40. a pattern is emerging of Lance trying to do the right thing and getting like getting mad at people and then trying to do things and then failing at them. <laughs> Lance, Lance, that is a theme of Lance is that he knows better and he chooses different things. And then fails better. when he's supposed to. <laughs> Yeah. Like the key. <laughs> what is yep. the what is the range of the short bow? Is it like 60, 120 or 80, 80 to three twenty? Okay, go ahead and roll an attack then. I'll be interested to see what happens. Nineteen. Nineteen, that's a hit. Go ahead and roll damage. Seven damage. Okay. As this guy's screaming, I'll tell you what you want to know. And Fleeples strolling over to him, yeah, trotting over to him trying to run after this guy but maybe the last second deciding not to you just let loose and it goes right into the guy's side and he drops and then I'm going to with my bonus action keep running after the guy I've been running after yeah so you're probably 40 feet away from this person now instead of the 30 we're probably 40 Yeah. yeah it would have been this person's turn I will roll a death saving throw that's a failure okay we go back to the top. Fleeple, it's your turn. All right. You lost Moonbeam last time, but you jaunt on over. Yep. I am going to dash to try and get as close to this guy as I can. I think I should be able to reach him. 20, 30, 10, 20. You get over to him and he's unconscious. And, hmm, I pull out my rope and I tie him up. Great. Sounds good. You spend an action tying him up. Are you wanting to do this within one turn, one action? Hmm, Sure. Okay, just didn't know if like you were like, oh, I'm gonna spend like five minutes doing this or whatnot. So with that in mind, go ahead and make a dexterity check, and just to see. Can I toss a guidance on top of that? Sure, go for it. All right. Ooh, that is a twenty-six. No issue whatsoever, and you're able to do it fairly quickly. So you're like unconscious. Oh well. Feet, arms. He's tied up. Can I bonus section of healing words on him? Yes, because you're old so high on that dexterity. Mm. Sorry, just thinking mechanically here. Guidance is an action? Uh, yes, guidance is an action, but it's also a cantrip, yeah. I'll say let's wait till next turn. All right. If that's all right with you. Unless you'd like to contest that, but yeah. I just start like patting his cheeks in preparation for casting the spell. Okay, sounds good. So they are there. Mal, it's your turn. You're just... Yep, just walking back to the camp. Yeah. Stamp out the end of our fire. Lance, this person runs another 60 feet away from you. I imagine it being your your turn now, you pursue after them. I'm going to... Did I see Fleeple walk on over there and tie the dude up? Um... I would say no, because you were pretty focused on... Unless you are going to spend an action to no, no. look back and no. perceive, yeah. All right, so I'm going to run after this guy some more. Okay. And I'll get, you know, I'll use 30 feet to run to get closer, and I will shoot my bow again. Great. Go ahead and roll. And 40 feet of this person. That's 19, or no, 18 this time. All right, that's a hit. We'll roll damage here. That is a nine of damage, but I am, because I thought I had killed the other guy. (laughs) 
and I thought he was going to be dead. I am shooting specifically to lame and to knock him down, not to kill. Okay, sounds good. So I was just going to ask how you're going to do this, actually. So, um, so I'm literally like shooting his like like his leg to stop him shoot from his ankle out to run. Gotcha. So as you um, pretty much go for his he- Achilles heel, right, um, to get him to stop you. You aim, and it's a little bit dark, but then at the last moment, and it just goes right into his leg. And he just, he's running full sprint, but then he just drops, and he can't catch himself. So his body just falls directly on his stomach, his chest, and his face. And he just slides a little bit before he can stop. And just, And he just lifts his head up and his face is all bloodied from the rock and the debris that he just slid across. And sorry, I forgot to roll a death saving throw for the other individual. (laughs) It's a five, which is a failure. Jeez. Uh, Two failures. We go back to the top of the round. Fleeple, I imagine now you'd like to do your healing word. Yes? Yep. Wait, I have a bonus action real quick. Yeah. Sorry, bonus action, because I can see I've lamed the dude. Yeah, he's not going to go anywhere. I just marked the spot in my mind, okay. and I'm going to run on back to the group to tell them that I have one alive. Great, so 30, 30 feet the other direction. Yes. Sounds good. Um, actually, actually, wait, wait, wait. No, I wouldn't do that. No, I wouldn't do that because... No, 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 I wouldn't do that. I'm actually going to walk up to him. Walk okay, up to him. so you walk up to the figure on the ground. Gotcha. All right, for all intents and purposes, we are out of combat now. Philippe uh, casting a healing word on this individual. Um, you can roll if you'd like. That's going to be seven hit points. Okay, as you mutter something under your breath and pat his cheek and pat it and then smack it, he just... And just like... And his wounds seal up. The arrow pops out of his side um, and stops him from bleeding. He, he just... Oh, I'll t- I swear I'll tell you everything you want to know. You'll tell me what I want, what I really, really want? I'll tell you what you want. What you really, really want. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I, uh, I call out to my friends. All right, we've got a talker over here. And I pull out another Andy's mint and I unwrap it and I offer it to him. Okay, as he... Oh, please don't poison me. I don't, I don't need to be poisoned. I, I'll tell you everything you want to know about our situation. And I say, oh, it's not poisonous. And then I pop it in my mouth and just start chomping on it. I'd imagine you have pretty low blood sugar right now. What's that? What, what, what's, what's blood sugar? And uh, I just, I pull out another Andy's mint and I just try and force it down his mouth. <laughs> so while... He's doing that. Lance, we'll go to your person there. And Mal, I assume you're you're either walking up to Fleeple. Yeah, Mal will walk to Fleeple. Did I did I hear Fleeple shout that? Uh, yes. We've you got were, a talker here. Yeah, you were within range to hear that for sure. <laughs> and as you walk, and you're standing over this body, this individual uh, is crawling, trying to crawl away from you. Okay, I'm gonna flip him over, and I have my dagger. And my short sword out. I just like press the. I'll have the ceremonial dagger out. Okay. That is from their cult. Yeah. And I'll just like press it against his throat. I'm like, I have one question, then I'll release you. Is the blacksmith from the town alive in your camp? In the caldera? Who are you talking about? What? What blacksmith? <laughs> I don't. I didn't see the prisoners we took from there. Honest, we got left behind. I release you, and I'll slit his throat. Okay. As you release this person in more ways than one, you stand over the body and look over, and the kobolds in the distance don't seem to be disturbed quite yet. And you turn around and make your way back to the party. Yeah, and I'm going to run back. And that's where we'll end tonight's session. All right. Some intense moments in there. Some not so intense moments as well. I'm glad we got a battle in there. (laughs) Yeah. 
It's always good when you get a battle, no matter how yeah. small. I was really worried yeah. to be like, roll initiative, but that's no what we're going to call it. I was like, no, we got to do it. A battle's yeah. a battle, no matter how small. Is that what you said, Ned? Yep. Sure did. <sighs> Goodness me. Well, that's where we're going to wrap it up, of course. And... Uh, Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, and we hope you are enjoying it just as much as we are creating and living in this world. From wherever you get your podcast from, please leave us a review. It helps boost our ratings throughout each podcast service, puts our shows in other people's recommended feeds, and it lets us know that you like what we're doing. If you want to write something a little longer than a review, you could also email us at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we're hoping to get the word out there and catch this podcast on fire. To get the most recent, up-to-date content from all of us here, follow us on our Instagram and Twitter with the handle iCastFireball20. There you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes, interesting insights from players in the Dungeon Master, and behind-the-scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world. As always, we've got our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where our resident kobold, Ned, takes a turn as a GM and runs through many one-month adventures using the fate-accelerated tabletop system. So if you enjoy crazy improv situations, tabletop adventures, or if you just want to hear more from Ned, we recommend you go ahead and give him a listen. Well, that just about wraps it up here. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. But I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Filippo. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time.